Welcome to this week's class on Chassidus. We are going to be learning a special Hasidic discourse of the Rebbe, which the Rebbe said on Parshas Nosoi on the 14th of Sivan in the year Tafshin Lamid Beis, which is 48 years ago. The Rebbe certified and edited this Hasidic discourse in the year Tafshin Nun Aleph, which is 29 years ago. The Chassidic discourse is based on a verse in this week's Torah portion where it says, By Yoim Hasheini, it was the second day of the inauguration of the altar. So the, all the tribes brought sacrifices. So it says, Hikriv, who brought the sacrifice on the second day? Nisanel ben Suar, Nisanel the son of Tsuar. Nisi Yisachar, he was the prince of the tribe of Yisachar. And then the Torah says again, Hikrivis Kabanoi, that he brought his sacrifice. So Rashi asks a question, why does the verse say twice Hikriv? That twice he brought his sacrifice. And Rashi says that there was two reasons why he was second. And it was Yehuda brought the first sacrifice, the tribe of Yehuda, Nachshem Aminadov. Nasana Batsur was the second day. And the question is, why is he second? So the Torah tells us Hikriv twice. Why? Because it was two special things that brought Yisachar, Nisana Bansur, that he brought the sacrifice on the second day. What was those th- two things? So the first thing Rashi says is, since they learned Torah, someone that learns Torah has a special reward, a special glow, a special energy. So that's one reason why he brought second. And the second reason is because that when it came to dedicating the temple, the ones that wanted to inaugurate the temple with special sacrifices each day from every single tribe, the one that that was their idea was the idea from the tribe of Yisachar. So since they had these two qualities, special qualities, one is Yisachar, the whole tribe was known for Torah scholars, and B, it was their idea to bring the sacrifice, that's why they are second. So if that's the case, the question is, wow, two beautiful qualities. So how come they're not first? How come they're only second? So the Rebbe introduces first a medrash. The medrash also asks the question, how come it says hikriv, uh, specifically by the tribe of Yisachar? So the medrash says, since it was their idea to bring the sacrifice, so hikriv. That means it was considered as if they actually brought it the first day. Why? Again, it was their idea. So as if they actually brought it the first day. So the Rebbe asked the question, okay, very nice. It was as if they brought it the first day. So why didn't they bring it the first day? Another question is that if you look in the verse, what does it say? That who brought the sacrifice? Nisanel ben Suar, which is basically his name and uh, the son of his father's name. And then afterwards it says in Yisachar, he was the tribal leader of the, the tribe of Yisachar. So if you give a look at all the all the sacrifice all the all the other days when the different tribes brought the sacrifices, it says first the name of the tribe and then the person. So the question is asked: Why over here does it have the name Nisana Bansur before the name of the tribe? A again, like we see in all the other uh, all the other tribes, that their name is first, and then also more importantly, he's he's representing the tribe. It wasn't a personal sacrifice, so if he's representing the tribe, then the tribe name should come first. And the same question really applies in the first day as well. Because on the first day, when, when the tribe of Yehuda brought the sacrifice, what does it say there? So it says, Nachshon ben Aminadav, 
which is a person's name, Lamata Yehuda, the tribe Yehuda. And again, the question is, why in the first day also does it give the name of the person, before it says the tribe of Yehuda? So in order to understand this, the Rebbe first brings a medrash. That the medrash on the first day, well, who brought the sacrifice in the first day? Nachshon ben Aminadav for the tribe of Yehuda. So the medrash comes along and asks a simple question. Why is he called Nachshon? What's the reason why he's called Nachshon? And the medrash, you know why he was called Nachshon? Because when the Jewish people left Egypt, and they came and the water was in front of them, so Nachshon jumped in. He jumped into the water, into the surge, Nachshel, into the surge of the water. And as he went on, Mesir Snefesh, so therefore he merited to bring the sacrifices first. So the question is, why is the Medrash intrigued about his name? Why is he intrigued about his name? We don't, the Medrash doesn't ask for every single tribal leader. But why is the Medrash intrigued, the Rebbe explains? Because Nachshem and Aminadab brought the first sacrifice. And you see that we list his name before his tribal name. So there must be something unique, A, about Nachshem and Aminadav that he brought the sacrifice. And B, why he's represented as an individual before you mention which tribe he's from. So therefore, the men, there must be something unique about him. So the Medrash what's unique about him? Ah, he's the one who went and saw sacrifice. Sacrifice because he's the one to self sacrifice, that's why he obviously went first and his name is mentioned first. So the Rebbe says that based on this, you can say probably the same idea. There must be something unique about the name in the Sanabansur, about this individual, which is listed in his name, and that's why he brought a second sacrifice and that's why his name is mentioned before his name of his tribe and obviously we're going to see later the way actually it plays out that way as well now even though there is a difference because when it comes to the first day so what does it say so we're telling us who the person is Yehuda, he was part from the tribe of Yehuda. So it doesn't even mention as a prince of Yehuda. However, when it comes to Yisachar, it says Nisanel ben Suar, his name, but he was a Nisi Yisachar. He was representing his tribe as a tribal leader, as a Nasi, as the prince. So but there is a big difference between Yehuda, the Nachshman of Yehuda, and Nisanel ben Suar of Yisachar. So obviously because Yehuda, his own quality, the fact that he jumped in, that allowed him to bring first and that's why it doesn't even say Nisi as a president of, of the tribe, because it was his own strong quality. However, when it came to Yisachar, it was the whole tribe that learned Torah. Obviously, he also had that quality. And that's why by him it says um, Nisi Yisachar, and it doesn't say Lamata Yehuda like the first tribe. Now, so we're going to try to understand a little more now about Yehuda, the tribe of Yehuda and the tribe of Yisachar, because we want to understand who these strong energies are, these strong personalities, they were first and second. So we all know that the idea of Yehuda comes from the word Haidoya. Haidoya means you're being grateful. When someone is grateful, it's an action, you're being grateful. But what does it come from? Why is someone grateful? So the quality that allows someone to be grateful is the quality of Bittal. Bittal means humility. Because if a person thinks that I'm in charge and everything that happens because I did it and they don't recognize anyone else that anyone participated or did something for them, 
they're not going to be grateful. But the source of being grateful and not being grateful is bittal, is humility. So the tribe of Yehuda represented the quality of bittal. The quality of bittal is a very, very strong and powerful quality and a gift to have. And it's something you can either have it as a gift or you can work on yourself to be more with humility. But bittal will bring you to be grateful. As we see clearly that when Yehuda, who was the first in his tribe, the tribe of Yehuda, uh, Yaakov and Leah's son. So what happened with Yehuda when he was born? What does his mother say? Hapam oides Hashem. Now I'm going to be thankful to Hashem. So Yehuda is the first child that's born um, to uh, Yaakov and Leah. The first child that when they finally say, it's the fourth child. They had Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda. But Yehuda is the first one when she said, I'm going to be grateful to Hashem. And because it was ingrained in the blood of Yehuda, the idea of Hoidoya, the idea of Bittal, so therefore when it came and the Jewish people were stuck, they had the Egyptians behind them. They had the water in front of them. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, move. And Klal Yisrael didn't know, what do you mean move? There's the water in front of us. If we move, we'll drown. What does someone with Bittal, someone that's basically doing whatever they're told to do, without asking questions, without thinking, without after analyzing it, Yehuda jumps in, which represents the idea of Mesiris Nefesh. Because if God asks you to do something, if you have the quality of Bittal, it's very easy. So Bittal is a very, very important quality. Humility is an important quality. It allows you to be grateful. It allows you to live in the moment. It allows you not to have any fear. And just go and do what you have to do. Up to the point where it looks like you're going to give your life up. Mysterious Nevis, when he jumped in, he didn't know the, the sea was going to split. But Yehuda represents the idea of Bittal, which represents the idea of Mysterious Nefesh. So again, to be clear, since we're dealing with the first tribe in, uh, that brought the, the, the dedication on the altar, which come from the tribe of Yehuda, which was the idea of Mysterious Nefesh, the idea of Bittal, and the idea of being grateful. The second tribe, Yisachar. So we know Yisachar represents Torah. And what's the idea of Torah? Learning Hashem's Torah. And when you learn to Hashem's Torah, you're connecting to the Chachmas Hashem, the intellect, the wisdom of Hashem. And that's why Nisanel ben Suar is called Nisanel ben Suar. Why? Because what does Nisanel mean? Nisanel comes from two words, Nosan Kale. That God gave. What did God give? The Torah. It's not our Torah. When you learn Torah, the first thing you do, you make the blessing. Asher Bachabonu, God showed us, chose us, and He gave us the Torah. So Nisanel represents the idea that Torah is a gift from Hashem. Ben Suar comes from the idea of Mitzar, which represents the idea of Bittal. So Nisanel ben Suar had two components. He had Torah and he had Bittal. But obviously the key component was Torah. Yehuda also learned Torah. But the main avoid of Yehuda was Bittal. And obviously the main avoid of Yisachar, Nisanel ben Suar, was the idea of, of learning Torah. Now, so based on this, the Rebbe explains, very simple. So therefore Yehuda was the one that brought the first sacrifice. And Nisanel bought the second. Why? Because Bittal, humility, is, more, is much greater and more powerful than Torah. Why? Because we know in the Sfirot, Kesser is the highest Sfirot. It's all the way on the top. 
after Kesser, you start the intellect. Chachma binandas. Torah comes from where? Which sphere? Chachma. But Bittel goes all the way to Kesser. When a person is Bittel, that's like the real crown. That's the real pleasure. That's really doing Ratzin Hashem. So because Yehuda was Bittel, which reached into Kesser, and Yisachar was only Chachma, great level, not only, but still, it's Chachma, but it's only Chachma, it's not Kesser. So therefore, Yehuda brought the first sacrifice, and Yisachar brought the sacrifice. Clear answer. So based on this, that we have a clear answer, that Yehuda brings first because of Bittal, Yisachar brings second because of Limina Torah, one is Kesser, one is Chachma. So the question is, why does the Medrash say that the truth is, why does it say Hikrib? Because Yisachar should have brought the sacrifice first. What do you mean he should have brought it first? If we're saying is that Kesser is higher, so why would you think that Yisachar should bring it first? Very nice. He, 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 they learned Torah, and it was their idea to bring the sacrifice, but nobody beats the idea of Bittal. So what's the idea that Hikrib, the Medrash saying, is that in theory they should have brought it first? Which obviously we need to address that issue. So in order to address that issue, we're going to get into the whole idea of what Yehuda represents, Bittal, what Yisachar represents, which is Limitat Torah. So Yehuda, not only does he represent Bittal, but he also represents something which is called Ma'ase, action. Yehuda represents action. Yisachar, as you already mentioned before, represents Torah. So we're going to define now Bittal the way it translates into action. In other words, Yehuda is somebody, and again, to be clear, Yehuda learns Torah and does action. Yisachar also learns Torah and does action. The difference is that Yehuda is the doer. If there's something to get done, he'll do it. That's his main thrust. He learns all well. Yisachar, on the other hand, he's going to sit by the book as much as he can. He's going to learn as much as he can. If something needs to be done, no one's there to do it, he'll do it as well. But that's not his main occupation. It's not his, it's not his, 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 his dream, his aspirations. It's not what he thinks of, he dreams of. Yehuda's the doer. He always wants to do another mitzvah, another action. On the other hand, Yisachar is more about another shir, more learning, more meditation, two different personalities, and obviously you need them both. Okay. So now the question is like this. What is greater? Now, obviously, again, you have to have both. But what is greater? Is Maisa action greater? Mitzvot greater? Or is what is Torah, Talmud greater? So we all know the famous Talmud, and the Talmud has a tremendous discussion back and forth. They debate what is greater, and this one says Talmud's greater and gives proofs, and this one says action is greater and gives his proofs. And the ruling at the end is, and you're all going to love this, this is like typical, uh, intense Talmudic uh, uh, study. They come along and they say, Nimnu vegamru. It means everybody agreed. Talmud gadol. If you have Talmud on the scale, and you have Maisa on the scale, you have Torah study on the scale. You have action on the scale. Nimnu v'gamru. Pay attention. Talmud gadol. The Talmud is greater. So we have a clear ruling. But it's not over. Because in Judaism, Torah never ends. But then they say, you know what? Why is Talmud greater? And they give a reason. You know why Talmud is greater? Again, Talmud does have the name Gadol greater. It's bigger. But it says, you know why Talmud is Gadol? Because Talmud may de Maisa. The reason why Talmud is greater is because if you learn 
And the more you learn, the more you're going to do. It's a Talmud Godoil, because it brings you to do action. Wow. So think about this. On one hand, we're saying is, Talmud is greater than action. On the other hand, we're saying is, the reason why Talmud is greater, because it's going to lead me to do an action. So what is really greater? It sounds like Talmud is greater. But the reason why Talmud is greater, because it's going to get me to do actions. So therefore, what's the purpose? What's the goal? The goal is to do mitzvot. Talmud will bring me to do mitzvot. But you know what? We're going to give you tremendous credence to Talmud. It's God because it brings me to do action. So what's the vision? What's the mission? The mission is to do the mitzvot. The Talmud brings me to do mitzvot. And as we know, it says in Ethics of Our Fathers, that the outcome is that the main thing is action. The main thing is action. So if you have Talmud and Misa, so it's almost like a catch-22. I'm going to go in circles for a second. On one hand, we're saying is, what's greater? Talmud is greater. Wow, but don't go to sleep on me. But you know why Talmud is greater? Because it brings you to do action. Because why? Because action is the main thing. Now, why is action the main thing? Think about this. Could you do an action without learning? No. How are you going to know what to do? So you have to learn first. When after you learn, you're able to do. So Talmud is Godel because in order to do, you need to learn. But really, what's the goal? To do the action. Now, what, but why is action actually greater if it comes after Talmud? Because there's a concept of mysticism says like this. Anything that's just greater, higher, when it goes down, it goes down lower. So think about a building. You have a tall building, the first floor and the hundredth floor. So when the hundredth floor falls, it falls further away. Versus the first floor is going to stay right there. In other words, because even though action is lower, it comes after Talmud, but the source of action is much higher than Talmud. And matter of fact... We're all looking forward to the time when Mashiach is going to come. So actually, it says when Mashiach is going to come, what's going to happen then is, actually, we're going to see with our own eyes that Misa is greater. So right now we say Talmud is Gadol. It brings to Misa. Misa is the main thing. Mashiach's come. We're going to see that Misa is the main thing. So based on this, what was the question we had before? Why is the Medrash thinking that Yisachar should have been first? We said already that Yehuda is greater because Yehuda is what? Is Bittal. And Bittal goes to Kester. But the Medrash says the truth is that really Yisachar should have gone first. Why? But now it makes sense logically why. Since Talmud Godoil, so the logic is that really Yisachar should have gone first because Talmud's Godoil. But Lepoil, in reality, who do we put first? Who brings the first sacrifice? Yehuda. Why? Because Hamaisu Iker. So again, in theory, when you're having a discussion, the argument is, hey, Yisachar should go first. Why? Because Talmud Gadol. But on the other hand, in reality, what do we say who goes first? Yehuda goes first. Because Hamaisa hu Iker. So you see that because Hamaisa hu Iker, Yisachar brings the, sac- the sacrifice second, and Yehuda goes ahead and brings it first. Now we all know that when God gave us the Torah, He didn't just give us a Torah and say, okay, good, go study and become bookworms. No, he gave us a Torah, and he wanted us to study Torah, 
And we all know that the Shekhinah, God came down on Mount Sinai. That's when the Shekhinah started to descend from heaven down to this world. But God wanted more. God wanted to be more present in the world. So when did the Shekhinah come down next, and even more, when Hashem built the Mishkan. So in other words, the first descent of the Shekhinah into this world was when God gave us the Torah. And the later on descent, when, when God gave us the, Mish, the, the Mishkan, when we built the Mishkan, that's when Hashem came down more into this world. Now, so Torah comes before the Mishkan. Talmud Gadol, because the Torah comes before the Mishkan, the Mishkan came later. But where did God was more present? In the Mishkan. But before we even get to that, before God gave us the Torah, what happened? What did we have to do? So we all know that before God gave us a Torah, He said to you, you guys want the Torah? And what is the famous line that we said? Two words. Nasevanishma. God's giving us a Torah. God's giving us a Torah. What should we say? Nishma. We want to hear what the Torah is all about. No, no, no. It's not what we said. We said Nasa. We want to do. Do referring to all the mitzvot and the studying of the Torah. And Nishma. Let's really, let's understand. So even before God gave us the Torah, we said Nasa which means Nasa comes first, action comes first. So therefore, if when it came to giving the Torah, which the Torah is all about Torah, Talmud, Gadol, before God gave us a Torah, we already said Nasa, action came first. When it came to the dedication of the Mishkan, which the Mishkan is all about God coming down to this world. So who actually gave the first sacrifice? The first sacrifice was brought by none other than Yehuda, because Yehuda represents action. And then came Yisachar, because Yisachar represents the idea of Talmud. So again, so you see clearly that we have action, and we have Talmud. Talmud, on the one hand, is greater, but before the Talmud, you already had action. And therefore, by the temple and the inauguration, action comes first. So let's really try to understand what's going on here. I mean, it's like we're going in circles. On one hand, what are we saying? Talmud is Gadol. Talmud is greater. Clearly, Nimnu Vagamru, Talmud is greater. And Talmud comes before action. You can't do any actions. Try to build a Mishkan without learning Torah. What are you building? How are you building it? So Talmud is greater, and Talmud actually comes first. On the other hand, what did we just say? That Hamaisahu Iker. The main thing is what? Is the action. Even by Matan Torah, the action came first. Nasa Vanishma. By the dedication of the temple, the action comes first. Yehuda brought the first sacrifice. So what if, what, what's the reason why that the action is so, so strong if we're saying Talmud Gadol? So in order to understand this, Rebbe is going to explain to us the whole idea, Kabbalistically. This is a Kabbalistic teaching, very powerful teaching, very deep teaching. We'll try to hopefully, with Hashem's help, explain it, that we can relate to it. Why is it that we say that HaMaisa Hua Iker? Seemingly, Talmud Gadol. Talmud is greater. Talmud comes first. Nevertheless, we say, main thing is the action. Main thing is the mitzvah. Main thing is the good deed. Now, the question is, because the fact is, if you look at the Sirot, it starts with Keser, 
which is Tainu, Grotzoin, Chabad, the intellectual spheros, the emotional spherot, Malchus, you have to go through the whole chain of the ten spheros till you come to an action. Action is the last. But we're saying the Maisu Iker, and it's not just a saying, it's the truth that Maisa is the main thing. So why is it that Maisa is the main thing? So I'm going to tell you two phrases in Hebrew, and then we're going to, Kabbalistic language, and then we're going to explain each one of them. One reason they give in Kabbalah why Hamaisu Iker is Noutz Tchilosan Besoifon Besoifon Betchilosan. That's the Hebrew words, which means that the beginning is wedged in the end. There's a direct connection between the beginning and the end, and therefore the end is connected to the beginning. Again, I'll repeat it again. Important Kabbalistic idea which will help us understand why Hamaisa Hu Iker, why the action is so important. For, again, the first idea is which means the beginning is wedged in the end and the end is connected to the beginning. That's the first idea, which we'll explain in a minute. Let me give you the second idea. The second idea is Soif Masa which means the end of the action is in the thought, the beginning. Two terms. Let's take one at a time. So what does it mean when we say So let's use, since it's a deep idea, let's use a simple example. You decide one day that you have a certain level of emotion Rachamim, compassion. It could be a family member, it could be a friend, it could be a co-worker, it could be just a stranger, it could be anybody. You hear about someone going through a tough time and you have compassion for them. You feel bad for them. And what happens then? You go back to sleep. No, it starts working on you. You feel bad for them. They're going through a tough time. Now we all know the Balshanta says, if you hear about something, there's a reason. Obviously you can do something. So you decide that you want to and again, I'm using the word want. Ratzain. Ratzain is in Kesser. So you decide, that's the way the chain goes. The chain of commands go. That's the way it works. You can't, you can't change it or control it. That's the healthy way things work. So first you have compassion and you decide, I want, I want to help the person. Okay, and that's it? It stops there? No. So then you start thinking. It goes down the chain of the, of the tensiroad. You start thinking. How can I help them? What can I help them? What's appropriate? What's not appropriate? When to do it? All these ideas go through your mind. And then you start getting excited about it. Your chesed kicks in. Your may be too much, too little. Tiferes, compassion. And I'm giving you obviously a short version of the way it works, but it goes through all your emotions. And then you have this whole plan and you never go help the person. Did you help the person or not? And the answer is no, you didn't. In order for you to help the person, you, you have to go and do the action. You have to give, it, give something to the person, do something to the person. So in order for the, the initial thought of Rachim that you had for that person to be fulfilled and to find its place and anchored in somewhere that you feel fulfilled that I did it, I feel fulfilled my Rachimim, I landed my will, I actuated my intellect, my emotions, the thing has to happen. 
If it doesn't happen, your rachman is, is going to be lost. It's not going to feel anchored. I had this compassion, I had this will, it never happened. A lot of times we have a lot of dreams, and the dreams never happen. How do we feel? We don't feel great about it. When we have a dream, and you take it from the dream state, to the will, to the intellect, to the emotions, and you fulfill your dream, ah, you feel great. Why? Because again, you're going to say, what's the big deal? I felt compassion for the person, I thought of what I'm going to do for them, and I was emotionally excited. If you didn't do it, that's the main thing is, the main thing is missing. And that's the idea of notes, trilosan, besoifon. Besoifon betrilosan means, you know that original inspiration you had? If you don't bring it down to the end, it didn't land. So the goal of that inspiration is to make, bring it real. And then when you make it real, and you actualize what you wanted to do, then it triggers an energy back all the way to the rachmim, and that rachmim feels great. Because you had a dream, you had a vision, you had a feeling, on a deep feeling, and you made it work. That is a definition of So therefore, based on that concept, so because if you have all these tremendous ideas and feelings, but it doesn't actualize, not going to work. You're not going to feel great. You're not going to feel fulfilled. So therefore, Hamaisuhu Iker. That's one example that Kabbalah gives. The other, the other analogy that we gave before was, the other example was, Soif Maaseb Machshavat What does that mean? It means like this. There's, let's say you have an idea. You want to do something. And it goes through all the channels. You do it. So you did the Maisa. The, the expression in Kabbalah is soif maisa. What does that mean, soif maisa? So here, I'm going to teach you something powerful, which Rebbe explains over here. Soif maisa is something totally different. That means like this. Rebbe gives an example. Let's say, the, I'll give you the example the Rebbe gives. Let's say you're a tailor, you knit, crochet, and you want to make a beautiful garment for a friend, a family member, and again, the, you, can use the, you can use any analogy you want. I'm just going to use this analogy. You want to make them a beautiful garment. And you sit and you spend every day, an hour, two hours. First you have a sketch in your mind and then you write it on a piece of paper and then you actually start doing it. And you make this beautiful garment. Now there is a tremendous satisfaction in making a nice garment. It didn't exist before you, sat, before you had that idea. You created this idea in your head. You actually sketched it out. You created the measurements. You got the material you needed. And you spent hours. And, every, and as you're making it, you feel good. And when the garment is finished, you feel great. So if you had this idea and you didn't do it, you wouldn't feel great. Here's something else. After you made the garment, fine. You can hang it up in the closet. And you made your garment. You feel good, you made it. But no, 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 you didn't make the garment to hang in the closet. You made the garment to give someone as a gift. It could be a grandchild. It could be a friend. It could be anybody. And you go bring them the gift and you give it to them. You give it to them and you never hear anything from them. Okay, you made your garment, you gave it to them. What happens when they get the garment and they go, wow, this is beautiful. Not only it's beautiful, they made it for me and it's gorgeous. They put it on, whether it's on themselves or the child, and then they call you up and they tell you, wow, you know that garment that you made? 
It was over the top. It was something so special. Now, how do you feel then? Then you feel, wow. Now, when you give the garment to the other person, they can either not respond at all, or they can say thank you so much, right? Or they can really give you a nice compliment. Now, do you have control how they're going to receive the garment? Absolutely not. They can say they don't like it. I mean, they can say they don't like it. They don't like the color. They don't like the material. Whatever. They, they can say they don't like it. Or they can be neutral. Or they can be thankful. You have no control over that. So what happens, God forbid, they, they give you a negative comment. Eh, I don't like this material. I don't like the color. How are you going to feel? You're not going to feel so great. But what happens when they give you a great compliment? How are you going to feel? Wow. Now, what does that mean you're going to feel well? You're going to feel so well that according to Kabbalah, the, the satisfaction and the enjoyment you're going to get from that compliment is going to be even greater than you actually making it. Why? Since you have no control over that, and it's coming from a place where you have no influence, so that reaches you in a much deeper place. What it means in a much deeper place? According to Kabbalah, the reason why you're going to feel so much better, because when you make a garment, so you had an idea to make a garment, and then you made it. So when you made it, that's the first idea, that the end is wedged in the beginning. Here, it's not the end. It's soif maisa. It's, an, it's after the action. It's in someone else's courtyard. We have no idea how they're going to react. But when they come back and react, they don't only touch you in your original idea of making it. Actually, according to Kabbalah, it touches you in a place before your original idea. Hard to comprehend. Because we know we saw. That's, I had this idea. I was going to make this garment. But the truth is, before you had the idea, it existed somewhere. Otherwise, how do you have the idea? So obviously, it existed in the subconscious level. So when you get a thank you for something that you did from someone else, that touches you in the subconscious level. So soif maisa, the machshava trila means that anytime you do an action that causes another action, which is beyond your control, so that's called soif maisa. The machshava trila, it's actually before your original thought. Now, you can't touch your before your original thought. You don't even know it exists. But someone else can. And that's the idea of Saif Masa Machshavat And therefore, and therefore, because Saif Masa Machshavat the satisfaction is so great and so deep. And that's why Hamaisa Huayikar. Why is Hamaisa Huayikar? So the first level we said Hamaisa Huayikar is because when you do the end, it finishes, it fulfills your original dream. Here we're saying even deeper, because when you do the end, someone else and something else gets wind of it, and when that person gives you feedback, that creates a much greater um, uh, full circle than just the idea of not Now, To talk on a, on a deeper level, according to Kabbalah, is very simple. When you do something, whether you do an act of kindness or you make something, and you get satisfaction from doing it. So what's your satisfaction? So in the words of Kabbalah, it's called, it's called a tainig, a pleasure, 
which is Murkav. Murkav means it's not pure. Why are you getting pleasure? Because you did something. So there's a thing, a physical thing, that's part of the pleasure. Now we all know in the world of Kabbalah that finite is finite and infinite is way beyond. So if you're getting a tainik from something finite, it's not infinite. However, if you're getting a, a, a pleasure from something which is infinite, it's off the charts. So what happens is like this. When you do something and you're getting satisfaction from doing it, so the in the satisfaction, it's, 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 it's something which is touchable. It's something which is finite. It's, a, it's a 100% a pleasure, but it's a limited pleasure. However, when, when, when you do something which causes something else to be done, it's already out of your control, that is a pleasure. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the other person. In the words of Kabbalah, it's called tainuk hapashat, a simple tainuk with nothing to do with you. In the case where you made something or you did something, so you're the cause of the pleasure. Fine, you get the pleasure, but it's, again, it's a finite pleasure. When you do something for someone else and it, it creates a ripple effect, that has nothing to do with you. It's a ripple effect. And that's why the pleasure is much greater and much more powerful. Okay, so to recap, this that we say that action is the main thing, is because, A, because when you do the action, it basically brings full circle the original idea. And if you didn't do the action, you would never close the original idea. And you wouldn't find satisfaction. And you would have a bunch of loose energies floating all over the place. The mice locks it in. And B, and more important is, because when you do an action that causes other actions to happen, and when other actions happen, and when it comes back, comes back for a full circle, it actually creates a greater, infinite full circle, which gives you greater joy and greater satisfaction. Now, let's talk about us human beings. We're going to go now a little deeper, Kabbalistically. So take a little deep breath, and we're going to go now to the next level. Let's look at us human beings that God created. So we have tremendous qualities. So for example, we have infinite, but we're going to talk about a few finite ones. We have our intellect. God gave us the ability to comprehend things. Chabad, Chachma, Bina, Das. We have our emotions. All the uh, six slash seven emotions that we have. The three main emotions, the, the three functional emotions, Malchus. That's who we are. That's our, that's our spiritual essence. That's our Svirot. We also have the garments. We have our thoughts. We're able to think. Machshava, Dibur, speech. We also have something which is called action. Now, action is not a quality that we have. Action, mice is a function. No, it's the, the levushim, the garments that we have, machshava is a quality. What do you mean it's a quality? We have the ability to think. And we all know when you think, everything is different. Our thoughts are different, our expressions are different, our relationships are different. Speech, the power, it's not only the fact that we can talk. Talk means we can communicate. We can practice restraint. We are called a medaber. Why we call them a daber? Because our first level of qualities that we have starts with dibur. We're able to communicate, that's who we are. Our actions, it's a functional thing. 
In other words, animals, do they have action? Yes. So why are we different than animals in our action? We are, we're not different. The difference is we have deeper. We can communicate. They also, they also speak, but their, their speech is not because they can communicate and relate and practice restraint and so on and so forth. Thought. So our qualities start with dibur, machshava, speech, thought, emotions, intellect, rotsayin, tining. That's qualities that we have. That we can change our lives, inspire other people's lives through the qualities that we have. Mice, on the other hand, is not our quality. It's, it's a functional activity. Now, like we mentioned before, this that we say, Hamaisuhu Iker, and we said there's two ideas of Hamaisuhu Iker. One is because it brings it full circle. We do use action, but it's not a quality. So both those ideas, that the our action, which basically means Saif Masa, when we finish something, or when we do an action that causes a ripple effect, Saif Masa, these two exist in our, in our world in the action. In other words, like this. When we do an action, there could be two reasons why we're doing an action. One reason we're doing an action is, very simple, we had an idea, an inspiration, we had a will, we thought, we have feelings, we thought about something, we spoke about it, and we do the action. In the action, what is the driving force of the action? It's still an action. But what's the driving force? Who we are, with our tremendous qualities that are in there. But then we have actions that are not driven by our intellect, their emotions, any of the qualities we have. Just do an action. Another thing like this. Not every action we do is infused. So take for, I'll give you a simple example. Let's say, use a mitzvah. So we have to put on, let's say for a man putting on tefillin, a woman lighting Shabbos candles, any mitzvah you want. So there are many times we do the mitzvah. Why do we do the mitzvah? Because we thought about it. We're coming closer to God. We see the light. So we do that mitzvah based on our qualities that we have. So what's, drive, what's the driving force? Our intellect, our emotions, that, we, that what's inspiring us to do the mitzvah. So what's the underlying push and force behind the mitzvah? is these tremendous qualities that we have. But let's say you get, you're not in the mood of doing a mitzvah, you're not in the mood of putting on tefillin, you're not in the mood of lighting Shabbos candles. But, I'm just gonna do it. My mind is not driving me, my heart is not driving me, my, my, my thought, my, nothing, I'm just doing it. So what is the mitzvah? It's just an action. It's still a mitzvah. In both cases, I'm doing the same mitzvah. But there's a difference, in the first case, the, my my who I am is driving me to do it. And the second case, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just doing it. What's the difference, practically? What's the difference? The difference is very simple. I mean, it's actually not so simple. It's deep, but it's, I'm going to make it, try to make it simple as possible. In the first case, when I'm doing the mitzvah, because I thought about it, and I'm inspired, so why am I doing the action? Why did I stay in the world of inspiration? Because we know how my so weak or I have to do the mitzvah. But how do I take intellect and stick it into an action? How do I take emotion and put it into an action? You can't take a piece of intellect, a piece of intellect and stick it into an action. You can't take an emotion and put it into an action. And the answer is you're right. The intellect and the emotion doesn't go into the action. But what does go into the action? 
the nefesh of mine, the nefesh of God, but what level of the nefesh? In Kabbalah, it's called the gilui of the nefesh. In other words, in intellect, intellect won't fit into an action. Emotion won't fit in. But the energy, the godly energy of my nefesh goes into the action. Why? Because in the nefesh doesn't differentiate between an action, intellect, emotion. It's energy. So it pulls for all the energy together and it brings it into the action. So when I do an action, a mitzvah, based on studying, meditation, and all these great qualities I have, what's the driving force? Gili HaNefesh. That's one type of mitzvah. But what happens I'm doing a mitzvah just because? Just because. I'm not in the mood. I didn't think about it. I didn't meditate. I'm just doing it just because. So what's driving the action? You can't say it's the gilui of the nefesh. There's no giluyim. There's, there's no revelation. I'm not thinking. I'm not inspired. What's driving it? Something has to push the action. Tables don't move. Something has to push it. So what's pushing it is, key word, yes, my nefesh, because the nefesh is the driving force. Nefesh is the energy, which is part of my soul. But what part of my soul? Not the giluyim, because there's no inspiration. Nothing revealed. It's the etzama nefesh that's pushing me. So when I just do a mitzvah just because, I'm actually reaching into a deeper place of my soul. I'm reaching the essence of my soul. Important. Again, when I'm doing a mitzvah, an action, because I thought about it and I studied, that's great. But what's pulling it? The, reve- the revealed part of my soul. When I'm doing a mitzvah, why? Just because... I am actually pulling in my essence of my soul. So in other words, like this. Now let's bring it full circle. <clears throat> the nefesh is really part of the neshama, which is basically part of the infinite part of God. When I do a mitzvah with my nefesh, Every mitzvah you do with a nefesh. The question is whether it's the gili or the etzem. When I do a mitzvah because I'm intellectually inspired or morally, morally, spiritually inspired, so the infinite part of my nefesh goes into the action. So what part, what, what's driving it? What's the driving force? What's driving it is my study, my intellect. And hence, we have the idea, like we learned before, what did we say before? Talmud Gadol Shemevil De Maisa. There's an idea that Talmud is so great. You know why Talmud's great? Because Talmud is going to cause you to do the action. On the other hand, when I'm not doing it because I'm inspired, so why am I doing the mitzvah? What did we say before? It's the Etzema Nefesh. So if it's the Etzema Nefesh, that is like, before we received the Torah, we said Nasel Nishma. When I said Nasel before Nishma, what's coming into me? The Etzema Nefesh. By the Mishkan, when Yehuda brought the sacrifice first, what did that represent? Not the Talmud that's inspiring the, the action, which is the Gili of the Nefesh, but the actual, the etzema nefesh. Why is that important? Because when it came to, to dedication of the temple, and you had to dedicate the altar, what did we need? Did we need revelation? We need revelation. What type of revelation? Do we need giluyim? A cheap thrill? 
which is great, but it's still a cheap thrill, or do you want Atzmos? Do you want Hashem Himself? So because when we wanted to have the dedication of the altar, we didn't want to have smokes and mirrors. We wanted Atzmos. We wanted the essence of Hashem to be revealed. Ah, you want the essence of Hashem to be revealed. You can't be coming from a place of you understand it and you get it and you feel great about it. There you need to have Atzmos itself. In order to have Atzmos itself, you have to be doing the mitzvah. Why? Not for this reason or the other reason. Just because you want to do the mitzvah. And that's why when it came to dedicate the altar, who came first? Yehuda. Because Yehuda represents just doing the mitzvah. Doing the mitzvah because ha-maisu iker, and when you do the maisu iker, you're actually drawing in. I'll say it in Hebrew. And I'll translate it because it's important to hear the word in Hebrew. Hamshachas ha-atzmus. You're drawing down the essence of Hashem. After you draw down the essence of Hashem, the first day, then afterwards, the next day, you can say that um, you can have the the uh, the Talmud, which obviously is important because you have to learn. So here you see again clear why it's so important Hamaisu Iker. Because when you do Hamaisahu Iker, when you do the action, you actually have the power and the ability to draw in the Atmos, the essence of Hashem. But now the Rebbe is going to address another issue. Because what we just learned, we just learned that the reason why Yehuda brought the sacrifice first, before Yisachar, because Yehuda represents Maisa, action. And within action, you were able to draw down Atmos. We also mentioned in the beginning of the Hasidic discourse that Yehuda represents Bittal, humility. So the question is now, is it the humility quality or is it the action quality? And the Rebbe says very clearly that Bittal and Maisa are connected. In other words, because in order to do the Maisa, to do action just because, you need Bittal. And when a person is bitter and a person is humble, then you really do the action the way it is. In other words, in straight action, just because, you're not doing it for any reason. You're just doing it because that's what Hashem wants you to do. And based on this, it actually explains, because what we said before, when a person does an action, where is it coming from? It's not coming from the giloy of your nefesh. It's coming from your etzema nefesh. In your etzim ha-nefesh, there's nothing there. Think about this. Etzim means the essence, nefesh the soul. So if you're able to imagine what's going on in the essence of your soul, over there, it's purity. It's clear. It's so pristine that the only thing that exists in the etzim ha-nefesh is the nefesh. What is the nefesh? Is Hashem. So the etzim ha-nefesh is a place where it's only Hashem there. It's only... Hashem's presence. What creates only Hashem's presence in our environment? When we practice bittal. When we practice humility, we take out all the noise, all the externalities, all the other sources, and the only thing that's left is Hashem. And therefore, the idea of bittal, the idea of maisa go together. Because that brings down the atmos, the essence of Hashem in a real way. Now, what's the goal? The goal is that not only when you do the action, but even when 
you want to meditate on the mitzvah, right? Mitzvot are actions, but they also have a lot of meditation. There's reasons for the mitzvot. But the goal of the mitzvah, of the mitzvah is, of the simplicity of the mitzvah, which is basically the bittel, atzmos, Hashem himself, is that we should bring that simplicity into the kavana of the mitzvahs. And the same thing also, that when we learn Torah, which is all about intellect, the underlying driving force of learning Torah, it should be that we want to learn what is Ratzah in Hashem, which is all about the idea of Atzmus. I want to know purity of Hashem. Learning Torah, yes, my intellect, I'm going to understand. But what do I want to understand? I want to understand the essence of Hashem. And that we accomplish what? By the attribute that Yehuda has, the other attribute of Bittal. So Bittal feeds feeds Misa, Misa comes from Bittal, and it's full circle, which creates the Atmos presence. So based on this, Rebbe finishes off and he says, that's why the verse says, by Yoim Hashemi, on the second day, Hikriv, he brought forth, who brought forth? Nisano ben because Nitsuar is a reference of Bittal, humility. In other words, Yehuda, the first day, was total bittal. Comes along the son of on the second day, and what does he say? I want to take that humility that Yehuda had in the first day, and I want to bring it into Nisanel. Nisanel, as we know, is not Sankel. God gave us a Torah. So the avoid of Yehuda was bittal. Totally humbled. Action. We feel Atma's presence. Comes <clears throat> the second day, and he says, Nisana ben Suer, yes, I'm all about Torah. I want to bring humility into learning Torah. And that's why the Medrash says, even though he was a second day, but the truth is, Hikriv, it should be considered as if he brought it the first day. Why? Because after Yehuda did the Bittal, and Nisana ben Suer brought humility into Torah learning, that Bittal is much greater just like the Saif Misa, which basically is after the action, the action of Nisana ben Sur by his bittel reached a place of Tchila. The idea of Saif Misa, that after the our learning Torah, done with bittel reaches the place of Tchila. In, in other words, as Rebbe says clearly, because to draw down this bittel, this humility in Torah, is greater than drawing down humility in mitzvot. Because think about it. When you do a mitzvah, just do the mitzvah. When it comes to learning Torah, you can't just do the, do the learning. You have to use your mind, your mind, your intellect. How does it feel? How does it make sense? So it's much harder to be cognizant that it's only Hashem. But nevertheless, when you're able to bring bittel into learning Torah, it's a much greater bittel. And that's why, because... Nisana ben Sur, through his bittel, through his humility in learning Torah, he merited that he got Nisanel, which means that the Torah was given to him by Hashem as a great gift. So obviously this, this Hasidic discourse is a beautiful Hasidic discourse. It teaches us tremendous, beautiful ideas about, about uh, the uh, Torah, the power of Torah, the power of mitzvahs, the power of action, and the power of doing something. And when you do something for somebody else, 
and that person appreciates it, it creates a greater satisfaction. And I think the relation to us is when Hashem gave us a Torah, and when we learn the Torah with humility, it creates Saif Masa when we, because even though we're technically using our own mind, but we still remember who the Noisim Torah is, it creates Machshavatila, greats obviously the greatest joy and greatest celebration. So let's hope and pray by us continuing to learn Torah, and especially the Torah of that will give us the power and the foresight that whatever we learn, we should always remember it's all about Hashem giving us a Torah like we make the bracha, and with all the tremendous learning that we do, we'll merit to see the great light, the light of Mashiach, Tzidkenu, Amen.